Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Daniel Kaplan, who's a senior associate at Generator Ventures, a $55 million fund focused on the intersection of aging, senior care, and technology. In this episode, we go through a wide variety of topics, including really the areas that Generator Ventures is focused on, how they're getting deal flow, how they manage the COVID situation, and how that kind of impacted them as a fund, the importance of speaking with customers as a VC, and some of the questions that Daniel typically asks. We also go through Daniel's experience as a mentor for the Techstars Future of Longevity Accelerator, going through as well the go-to-market strategies in healthcare and how companies can think through that. Some of the questions that Daniel asks when he's reviewing these decks of all the different startups, he's looking at how Daniel got into venture capital in the first place and why he wanted to be in this industry, and then more on Daniel's role itself at Generator Ventures. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hawk Media, a full-service outsourced CMO based in Santa Monica, California, providing guidance, planning, and execution to grow brands of all sizes, industries, and business models. Hawk Media is recognized by Inc. as one of the fastest-growing marketing consultancies, and their collaborative process, a la carte offering, and month-to-month fee structure give clients the flexibility they need to boost digital revenues and marketing ROI. Hawk Media, the company, has serviced over 1,500 brands of all sizes, ranging from startups like Tomorrow Melon, SIO Beauty, and Bottle Keeper, to household names like Red Bull, Verizon Wireless, and Alibaba. And also, I had the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, Eric Huberman, on the podcast in episode number 23, if you want to take a listen. And to get a free consultation, head on over to hawkmedia.com and be sure to mention Just Go Grind. Without further ado, here is Daniel Kaplan, Senior Associate of Generator Ventures. Daniel, welcome to the show. Justin, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and obviously want to talk all about your career in VC with Generator Ventures. And for a starting point, what is Generator Ventures focused on? Give us a little background on the the firm. Absolutely. So Generator Ventures is a $55 million pool of capital. We are hyper-focused at the intersection of senior care and technology. Um, We usually come in in the Series A or Series B with a check size of around one to three million dollars. Um, over the life of the company, we'd like to put in about five to seven. We raised our fund from a purpose-built group of investors, LPs, um, mostly in kind of the healthcare, senior care world, a lot of senior housing um, operators in there, um, and some high net worth folks as well. Um, big part of our model is to be more than capital. So this is not just investing in a company. This is sitting on a board. This is providing advice. And this is providing introductions to our LPs and um, a very much a purpose-built net network um, that, uh, you know, that, that we're plugged into kind of in the healthcare world and in the senior care world. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about the, the value add you guys have because from doing a little research, it's, it's very clear there it, it's, it's a lot to offer from you guys. Can you tell us a little bit more about what is that kind of value add as Generator Ventures in terms of them investing in, in company? Absolutely, yeah. So um, I think the value add mainly kind of boils down to our team. Um, so there's four of us. There's three partners and me. Um, 
on the partner side, uh, you've got Russell Hirsch, who did about 30 plus years of biotech um, and med device venture capital. Um, he sat on a number of public and private boards um, and is very well connected kind of in the pharma and biotech space. Um, you've got Arnie Whitman, who um, founded about a six to seven billion dollar um, private equity firm <laughs> that is focused on senior housing. Um, so he owns some of the largest kind of nursing homes um, and and um, and kind of ALIL um, uh, operators in the country. Right. So so going through his network to um, help companies get into to buildings um, is is a big part of it, too. Yeah. And then you've got Katie Fike, who has her Ph.D. in gerontology from um, USC. Fight on. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and she founded something called Aging 2.0, which is essentially a collective of, you know, companies, sources of capital, founders, um, all working, you know, towards um, solving some of the biggest problems in, in aging. Um, and then, and then you've got, and then you've got me. So I've, I've been working kind of at the intersection of senior care and tech for about the last seven ish years. Um, I know a couple people. Um, and, uh, I think that as a team, uh, we're very well, um, you know, positioned to really be more than just capital. Yeah. And there's, there's many things I, I want to dive into with that as well. One of the things just to start with is, Sourcing deals. Uh, I want to start with that. Like, wh where are you sourcing deals from? What does that kind of look like for for you at Generator Ventures? Yeah, absolutely. So sourcing sourcing deals. It comes from from a variety of ways. Um, one comes from uh, the partners and who the partners know. Um, you know, a lot of people in the in the networks of our partners know that they're in a venture capital fund that's focused at the intersection of senior care and tech. So anytime they see a company, um, they usually send it to us. Um, we get we get inbound deals from um, our website. Um, we also get deals from sitting on boards too, right? And uh, so so I think that board meetings is another great way to source source deals. We go to conferences and trade shows. Last week we went to this HLTH conference, which was a virtual conference. Um, and then also kind of kind of me um, as the associate. Um, I'm going out and I am trying to meet as many people as possible, whether that's founders, whether that's investors, whether it's operators. I'm out there. I'm trying to meet people and I'm trying to source deals like that. So I'd say on average, um, given the kind of vertical nature of our fund and our focus, I wouldn't call it narrow, but I would say that, again, we're hyper focused at the intersection of senior care and tech. There's plenty of companies in the healthcare world and in the, in the digital health world that do not kind of um, fit. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're probably looking at, I don't know, three to four-ish new deals um, a week, I'd say, um, all at kind of varying, you know, points in their journey. So seed, series A, series B. On that note as well, how many investments are you looking to make typically in a year? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I think in, in a year, and again, going back to kind of our fund, right, it's a $55 million fund. Um, we're typically making around, I don't know, maybe, maybe two to four new investments a year. Um, we, could, we could go faster, I think. Um, but I think that what we've found is um, it's definitely quality over 
over quantity in yeah. the VC world. Um, and because our focus is, is you know, again, at senior care and tech, um, we can definitely take a long time in our diligence, um, right? Meaning a couple months to, 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 to really dig in, um, get, uh, get to know a founder, get to know their team, get to know, you know, product and the market that they are, you know, playing in. Um, so in that, in that sense, uh, we're doing about two to four deals a year in terms of new deals. And then in terms of follow-on, um, I'd say we're probably doing follow-ons in at least 50 to 80% of our portfolio every single year, either in the form of a priced round or in the form of uh, a note. And on the note of the diligence process as well, how has that evolved or changed, if at all? I mean, uh, during COVID in terms of the, the length of that process, what that looks like, um, obviously it's a di- different different world now, uh, post-pandemic versus pre-pandemic. How has that evolved for you, Daniel? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's a good question. So I think that initially we, we went into COVID just saying, you know what, look, we're not going to do any new deals if we can't meet <laughs> a team in person, right? Yeah. Because it's so important, right? I mean, you you really learn a lot about someone when you meet them in person. And um, that's just something that we really haven't been able to do. Um, so the first like five or six months of the pandemic, we really focus on supporting our existing portfolio companies. And just in the last like two to three-ish months, we've we've really gone out there and been taking more meetings with companies, um, learning more and getting into deeper and deeper diligence with a couple of them. So much of the diligence process now, as opposed to you know me getting on a plane or getting in a car or getting on a train and going to the company's office, um, it's much more over you know Zoom or just those phone or just those phone calls that you have you know over the uh, you know weekend or after the workday ends. Um, you know us just calling a founder or an executive at a company to uh, to just talk about things. Um, right. This isn't about catching anyone off guard. It's about having a real talk, um, something kind of off of, you know, zoom and say, Hey, well, I was looking at this in your model, or I have a question about this in your costs, or I spoke with, you know, your customers here. And, and that's one other thing is I think that speaking with customers, um, is a big part of our process. And, um, I think that we've leaned more heavily on that during COVID in that, you know, look, um, if we can't meet the founders in person, we'll do more phone calls and Zoom calls with the founders, but also let's talk to more customers too, right? Because they're such a great source of, um, you know, information. Yeah. And what are some of those things you are trying to get out of the customers when you're talking to them? What are some of the questions you're asking or, you know, things you're trying to figure out when you have those conversations? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I like to talk to customers after I've kind of done an initial pass at the data room or at the business. So after about a week or two of doing work on a company um, where I feel like I have a better understanding of of the product and the value that it kind of drives for customers. So after that, you know, I like to formulate a series of questions that I like to kind of ask all of the customers. I like to ask them all kind of the same list of you know questions, and at the end maybe have a couple questions that are going to be you know unique to each customer. But a lot of it, I like to talk about 
Um, how was your interaction with the team, with the founders or with the sales reps, right? How was the onboarding process? Was it smooth? Was it disjointed? Um, I think that that's really, really important. Um, yeah. Talk about the product and uptime and things like that. Talk about, you know, support. And then the last question that, that I love asking um, is kind of, you know, what would you do if this product didn't exist or if it just went away tomorrow, right? Yeah. And if their answer is, yeah, well, I would just keep on going <laughs> on and, you know, everything's fine. That tells you something. Um, and if they say, um, I would need to go find uh, something that does exactly what that product does um, immediately, then that kind of tells you that um, that you know that 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 product is really solving a big problem for that customer, and there's some staying power there. Yeah, and going back to one of the things you mentioned around you know helping really support the portfolio, especially during the early days of COVID, what are some of the things that Generator Ventures you're doing to support your portfolio companies, uh, and you know how has that changed you know COVID versus other times? And I'm sure it's maybe a little bit different, but what are some of the things you've done to kind of support your portfolio companies? Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see. I think I think the first thing, and this is kind of funny because I. Because I kind of mentioned that we like to be more than capital. I think the first thing is capital, right? Um, some of these <laughs> yeah. companies, like they needed to go out and raise um, a couple bridge rounds, so we so we did that, and in a couple cases, we actually led that. So we said, yeah, you know, and and investors will typically lead, you know, a priced round, but you can also kind of lead a note in terms of saying, look, you guys need to raise this money. And um, we will draft the note terms, which are basically going to be the same terms as your last note. And, um, and we'll call up the rest of the board, call up the rest of the um, you know, in, um, investors and potentially some new investors too. Um, and, uh, and we'll go help you find that capital. Um, second, we've connected them with a couple advisors and kind of other kind of folks in the con consulting world um, who are helping who are helping companies um, with their tech and, and with their care models. Yeah. Um, and we've also been providing kind of introductions to potential customers just kind of based off how the needs of current customers are changing. So for example, we're investors in a company called Third Eye Health. They do telehealth into nursing homes. Um, initially, they used to build the nursing homes, um, you know, on a per license basis. Um, so how many nurses were, uh, were actually using the product to, um, to help patients? And overnight with COVID, Medicare started to reimburse for telehealth. So we helped them kind of think through that pivot in their yeah. pricing model right, which was a huge project, pivot the entire business, help them go from negative gross margins to positive gross margins, anywhere in 40 to 50%. Um, and now that they're being reimbursed by Medicare, we've introduced them to a couple other companies that are helping them kind of accelerate and get their market or, and, and, and get their product into new markets faster. So now they're going outside of the nursing home, but they're going to the home and they're going to the home through home health and they're going to other institutional care 
rights care, um, you know, settings um, through the contacts that we have there. And on that note, kind of as well, in terms of helping founders, I know that you're also a, a mentor in the Future Longevity Accelerator at Techstars. I'm curious as to that, what are some of the the things you're most helping those company founders with or questions that they you know, most commonly kind of uh, come to you with? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so first of all, I mean, it, it's an absolute honor to be able to work um, with all of those folks there. Um, they're, they're, they're absolutely wonderful. Um, this first cohort has about 10 companies in it. Um, so kind of what you do, what you do there as a mentor, you kind of kick it off by doing this thing called mentor madness, um, which is a full day where you do 10 20 minute meetings with uh, these companies, right? So you meet every single company um, and uh, and uh, there's a one hour break in the middle. And uh, that is a very much needed one hour break because you are exhausted, <laughs> right? So yeah. you hear the pitch, you see the deck. Um, I, I spent about an after, you know, I took about an afternoon, maybe a week before my day of Mentor Madness and looked at all the decks and took down a bunch of notes because I like to talk. And I was like, look, I'm going to be interrupting these you know, guys. Like, They're not going to finish presenting because I'm going to have questions. Yeah. So I just listed out questions and I was like, look, let's just talk. So a lot of what these companies are, are getting after um, is they're trying to find how do, how do they most efficiently go to market? Right. And what are those those best channels? Yeah. And um, and, you know, with with that, you're thinking about, are you going to the home through D to C? Are you going B to B to C? Are you going B to B? Are you going to reach customers through a Medicare Advantage plan? Right. And so a lot of it is thinking is 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 kind of helping them think about those go to market problems. Um, and helping them think about, look, this is the kind of data that you need to effectively sell into home health, into IL or AL, or into Medicare Advantage, or um, or sell directly to um, a customer or to a family. Um, so, so a lot of it's data, and a lot of it's also kind of thinking about pricing, um, right? So if you're selling into a health plan, um, you know, how do you really price that? Um, yeah, you know, so so there's there's all these kind of different different angles and different things that we're that we are um, helping them with. And I do also know that a lot of my fellow mentors, these guys um, are very technical. So maybe they are you know engineers, both hardware and software, um, and and they are helping these you know companies with the technical problems. And, the, and these are things that I cannot help that I cannot help with. Yeah. I can advise with and say, look at that and say, um, I think you need a technical advisor for that problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so yeah, so it's that. And then um, eventually as we get kind of closer towards the demo day, which is going to be um, some sometime in early to mid December, um, it's going to be helping these companies um, with their financing. So I don't think that any of the dollars are going to come from Generator Ventures because most of these companies are too early for us. But yeah. I know other investors in the kind of 
um, senior care meets tech world um, who I will be working with to, you know, connect these kind of companies to um, and helping them get funding and helping them get kind of, you know, their feet, feet off the ground. One of the things that I just want to go back to quickly, because uh, I think it's interesting, you said you, you have a lot of questions when you look at these decks, and um, oftentimes you're going to have to interrupt because of that. I mean, what are some of those questions or things that you would typically ask about? I'm trying to get into into the mind of Daniel Kaplan. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the, so, so, well, well, let's see. I mean, I have, I have, I have my questions right here. Yes. So I, still, I still, I still have the, I still have these, these decks. Um, let's see. So I love asking about IP, love asking about market size, love asking about traction, um, love asking about what kind of data they have and what kind of data they think they need and mm. how they're getting that data. Love asking about CAC and LTV. Um, let's see. Love asking them about how they navigate, um, kind of go to market with incumbents right? Mm, yeah. um, you know, and competition. Um, I think that's really important just kind of to, to, to just to hear them think about their comp their, you know, who else is out there and the competition and how they are going to sell against those folks. Um, so I think that's important. Um, let's see. Another thing, because some of these products, right, are like futuristic as all heck, yeah. right? And I'm just like, hey, how does it work? You know, <laughs> how does this thing work? You know, because for me, I might not understand totally how it works, but I want them to talk me through it because I want to actually see that they can talk about how their product actually works because that's one of the ways that you effectively sell into customers, right? Yeah. Being able right. to explain in an easy way for sure. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then I, you know, and then I also definitely ask about kind of outcomes, right? So if they're doing anything that involves the patient, um, let's talk about out let's talk about outcomes. Are you doing any studies? Um, right. And kind of yeah. So I think that that's, that's, that's definite, that's definitely important. And then kind of on kind of the final note here, um, love to talk with, uh, with them about care settings. Are you going into the home? Are you going into um, the hospital setting? Are you going into the nursing home? Are you going into senior housing, right? What kind of care settings does this product make sense for and why? And let's talk about that. Taking a, a step back from that, I appreciate you sharing those questions. I think it's helpful for founders to understand like what types of things they're going to get from VCs so they can think about that beforehand. I think it's really important. But I want to take a step back to why did you decide to get into the venture side of, of senior care and technology? Yeah, absolutely. So working in venture is always something that I've wanted to do. Um, I started, um, my working life out as, uh, as, a, a consultant essentially at Deloitte. Um, I worked there for, for about a year and then I moved to, um, San Francisco and worked at a couple startups, um, really got an, an appreciation for what it means to really grow a company. Um, yeah. the first two companies I worked at failed within a couple months of me getting there. Maybe wow. that was my fault. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, 
a lot but, of factors but, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of factors. Um, but the third company I joined, um, uh, they were basically operating again at the intersection of senior care and tech. They made web-based um, software for um, home care agencies. And uh, I was hired as the 13th employee, grew with them to 120 people, um, and they got bought out um, August 2016 by a PE shop, which recently just sold sold them to um, an industry buyer. So wow. um, I worked there for about three and a half years, um, and I got to see kind of all parts of not only growing a company, how to do it well, um, but also learned a ton about home care. Um, at that company, part of my job was to help build out the account management team. Um, so, uh, a big part of my time there, I was on an airplane, I was flying all over the country. And I mean that I was in Iowa, I was in the uh, Dakotas, I was in NYC, I was all over the place. Right. Um, and I was working side by side with customers to turn them into champions and super users of our product. Um, so learned a ton about that, learned a lot about how to educate someone to how to use software um, and how to drive kind of loyalty um, within the customer base. Right. So when I left that company and went to USC to do my MBA, I realized um, that I was like, wow, you, you know, I know um, I know a thing or two about kind of senior care or home care. Um, and I know a, a little bit about tech and kind of what it takes to grow a company, right? Like we didn't have an IPO or, you know, we didn't get bought for hundreds of millions of dollars, um, but it was a successful outcome. Um, and I felt like I learned a lot and looking back on it, I think I did. And so taking that into SC, um, I looked at kind of what my options were and not that I know everything about business, I definitely don't, but I was an undergrad <laughs> business major and I looked at kind of, you know, the courses that I'd be taking for the MBA and I was like, wow, so much of this is repeat. Um, yeah. I need it, but this is a repetition of what I took, um, you know, at Dickinson College. And yeah. so I ended up also deciding to get a master's in gerontology which, you know, it, which is all about senior care and aging. And, um, and I was able to, to do that. And, and, and really, I mean, I think kind of, kind of broaden my, you know, knowledge base, um, so much more than if I had just done, um, you know, just been at Marshall. Um, yeah. so, so, so I think that with, with, you know, that, um, I was, I was lucky enough to have been talking to the right person at the right time who knew one of the partners at Generator Ventures um, who, who basically said, dude, all you talk about is senior care and tech. You won't <laughs> shut up about it. But guess what? I just got off the phone with this guy, Russell Hirsch, who is doing a venture fund that's doing senior care and tech. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the perfect, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I want to work there. And he was like, well, I'll connect you with him and you should go tell him that. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> really? And he was like, yeah, no, yeah, you totally should. Cause, cause it's just three partners. They don't have anyone, you know, below them. 
I was like, oh, okay, wow, that's uh, that's good to know. So he connected me with Russell, and you know, I talked a bit about you know my background and 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 my passions, and um, ended up getting an internship there. And I think that one of the things that kind of drove me towards senior care was not only you know I definitely accidentally fell into it you know by working at the software company, um, but you know like any um, you know, eager and, and, and honest guy joining, you know, an early stage company, I was doing some research on them. I was like, well, well, is there a market for, for their services? Am I just joining another company that's going <laughs> to fail, fail in a couple months? Right. right. And I read that there are 10,000 people turn 65 every single day. And I was like, wow, well, that's all I really need to know. And <laughs> then I thought about it more and, you know, I have an older dad um, I grew up, you know, with, with someone who could, you know, effectively be my like grandpa. Um, and you know, I've been around him as he's aged and I've seen his, you know, friends age. I've seen his friends die. I've seen, you know, the toll that that's taken on my dad. And just with talking with our customers, that software company that I, that I was at, um, I, I I just realized that there's an opportunity here to help others and help yourself. And that is, I think, really unique to healthcare. Um, and so, you know, when I had the opportunity to go work at a venture fund that, you know, kind of paired my passions for, you know, tech and investing and senior care, I was all over it. That's that's incredible, and it it goes to show when you put something out there, your interests, your passions, etc. I mean, people can help you. If you don't do that, then you wouldn't have gotten that person to say, "Hey, well, what about this this company over there?" You know, Generator Ventures. I always kind of tell people that, and if you're trying to break into something, you know, work on the things you're interested in, and I think it's easier for people to help you find a way into that. It's definitely helping happen so much with just go grind in terms of people helping me out uh, because I've been showcasing what I'm working on what I'm interested in and then people can help you out as well, which, which is so interesting. And then I want to know as well, like what are you seeing in terms of opportunities within kind of aging senior care? What opportunities are you seeing out there, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of funny because as, as time has gone on, I think that we've seen the quality of founder, the quality of idea, the quality of founding team just get better and better in senior care. And that's one of the things that makes me really excited. Um, it makes me excited that we are, you know, raising a second fund because I want to go fund these companies. <laughs> um, you know, but but it makes it makes me excited for ultimately families um, and seniors because that's that's definitely the most important part of what we do. And, you know, so when it comes to opportunities, um, you know, I think that kind of the, 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 the number one kind of thing that, 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 that's really obvious to a lot of us in the kind of healthcare world is this whole notion of, you know, value-based care, which yeah. is, you know, so that is essentially, um, you know, in the past, when you see your doctor and you're sick, your doctor gets paid more because you're seeing your doctor more and they're, or, or, and they're doing tests or maybe you need a surgery or something like that, right? And so your doctors are getting paid more because their patients are sick. 
doesn't make any sense. Incentives are not aligned. But in value-based care, um, doctors um, or provider groups are essentially paid um, what we'd call um, a capitated payment to provide all of your care for the next year at the rate that the you know in this case the government um, in terms of Medicare that that Medicare thinks that you would cost them right so they are actually incentivized to do more preventative care and not reactive care and you know this kind of flows through to the Medicare Advantage you know world Medicare Advantage is basically you can choose to receive your Medicare benefits from fee-for-service, where you see your doctor and they bill, right? And so your doctor gets paid more as you get sicker. Um, or you can receive your benefits um, through a private Medicare plan, right? So so that would be like a Humana or a United Healthcare or something like that. They have to cover everything that Medicare covers. Yeah. Um, and they can also cover additional services, right? So so it's those additional services that they're paying for that they think in the long run is going to reduce the total cost of care and improve outcomes. So, for example, a great opportunity. He was on your show a couple of weeks ago, Andrew <laughs> Parker and Papa, right? Yeah. His go-to-market, he, he, you know, Andrew, more so than anybody, he knows that, look, if I go direct to a consumer, it's going to be expensive, right? That's like a lot of marketing and SEO and SEM and, you know, a, a ton of ads and we're yeah. targeting it towards family, right? Like that's very expensive. But, you know, if I'm able to actually show that having a Papa Pal in the home for a few hours every single week actually reduces total cost of care because these people are helping to drive this person to the doctor or that's helping them set up their iPad so they can do a telehealth visit or just keeping them company because social yeah. isolation and loneliness for older adults is the equivalent of essentially smoking one pack of cigarettes a day, Jeez. right? Yeah, <laughs> which is unbelievable, right? Crazy. So so we're seeing a lot of exciting companies like Papa that are going to market through Medicare Advantage plans, where his kind of customer is Humana, his customer is United Health Group, and he partners with them on one of their Medicare Advantage plans in a certain market where he has his Papa pals, and um, you know, and uh, and 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 kind of markets alongside the health plan, markets Papa's services. And um, and is and is able to build the health plan whenever the healthcare or whenever the members um, use a Papa Pal, right? So, so we've really seen a lot of cool companies kind of in the at home fitness space, in the social isolation and loan and loneliness space, um, going to market through Medicare Advantage plans. Um, another really kind of interesting areas you know that we are that we're looking at you know things around falls things around incontinence things around end of life care things around you know helping providers and health plans manage patients with you know chronic um, issues right like dia right like diabetes or um, you know, heart issues, right? So, so yeah. I mean, what's 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 amazing is two out of three people over sixty-five 
have two or more chronic conditions and three out of four healthcare dollars are, you know, expended on chronic care management, which is just unbelievable. So, you know, there's, 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 there's so, there's so much opportunity out there, but, but, you know, really the kind of question is how do you go to market through channels that that allow you to reach the most amount of patients with the fewest dollars. And so I think that kind of partnering with entities that are taking this kind of healthcare insurance risk in the value-based care world um, is 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 kind of easily the most important easily the most important thing. And to kind of top it off, going back to kind of finishing the kind of the details on value-based care, right? Is is um, kind of these Medicare Advantage plans, these these doctors, they get that capitated payment, you know, the one-time payment every single year. This is what the government thinks that this person's care is going to cost them, right? If if the care ends up costing $18,000 and they were paid $20,000, well, they get to keep that $2,000 of profit. Yeah. And if it costs them twenty-five dollars and they were paid twenty, dollars well, they're on the hook for five. Right. So in this way, incentives are truly aligned. And that really, I think, is the future of healthcare, just in general in our country. This is how we kind of cap costs and align incentives um, for doctors and patients. Because now it's like, hey, if you're healthy, you cost less. And actually, I get paid more. Yeah, and uh, the aligning incentives part is is really important. That I'm glad you brought that up because it really applies, especially here, but in other ways as well. But even when you mentioned go to market strategy, I think it was Andrews as well who mentioned that it takes time. I mean, especially if you're looking at the companies you're working with, whether it be Humana or these these big big companies, like to get in with them, you don't just get in with them. Like it, it's a lot of relationship building. This these things take time. I think he said that it was like you know, five years to even get to a Series A off of proving things out. I want to say it was Andrew, but um, it takes time. So I think for founders out there in this space understand that like that is that can be obviously the great channel uh in terms of going to market but it also can take a significant amount of time uh to be able exactly to exactly so two things so 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 you're absolutely right it takes time and it also takes data and that's exactly why when you know when when i'm you know a mentor you know for you know the uh you know for the tech stars um accelerator that's yeah. why I'm asking a lot about go to market and that's why I'm asking a lot about data. What data are you getting? Because when you think about these Medicare Advantage plans, when you think about these ACOs, right, these kind of value-based care arrangements that that pool providers or that pool patients, um, um, so much of this is right, you're selling into a health plan that has hundreds of thousands of members in any given market. You need data to sell into that health plan and you need verifiable data and you need data that, 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 that essentially shows that, you know, if I'm going to pay extra for this product or service that I don't need to pay extra for, but if I pay extra for it, um, it's going to reduce total cost of, of care. Right. And, 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 and how you get that data is a ton of reps, right? Like you got to see a bunch, like you need to send a bunch of pop-up pals into a bunch of homes. Um, you know, and that's just not like, you know, a couple thousand visits. That's like hundreds of thousands of visits. So, you know, so, 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 so much of this 
is kind of, you know, you're almost looking for a unicorn, not in that, you know, it's valued at a billion dollars, but in that they've come this far on, you know, by raising a seed round and maybe a couple notes or a couple safes, they've come this far to get data on, you know, a couple hundred thousand reps and they're, and they've effectively sold into one of these private Medicare plans or into an, an, an ACO or group of providers, what have you. Um, they have enough data and they're just at a series A and the valuation makes sense. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's hard to find. It's really hard to find. Yeah. And, and, and again, taking a step back, I, I just want to know more about your role as a senior associate generator of interest for people who are curious. What are some of the things you're working on, you're responsible for on a day to day basis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I basically do everything except raise money for our fund and write checks. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do everything in between, right? So I started out, um, I, I built our Salesforce um, instance. So I, I'm a Salesforce certified ad, um, admin um, that, you know, that kind of helped me actually get my foot in the door because that's what they needed help with initially. So I built out our whole kind of, you know, CRM instance um, and I maintain that. Um, I run all of our partners calls. So I set our, um, you know, um, agenda. Um, I manage our pipeline of deals. So these are the deals that we're going to talk about. We have our partners call um, on Tuesday afternoon and Thursday afternoon, um, each for two hours. So I run those calls. Um, I'm, you know, reading a ton of articles about healthcare and digital health and senior care. Um, I'm making a weekly kind of update for our partners just on like, this is what's going on in our, you know, uh, field and industry. Um, I'm talking with a ton of founders, um, you know, both companies that we are looking to maybe invest in or companies who we saw at the seed stage. And we know that we want to take, you know, you know, you know, a harder look at their series A. Um, so so I'm talking with them. Um, I've 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 really had to get a lot just more accustomed to just picking up the phone and just calling someone, right? Yeah. Um, that's not something that that I used to do in my other jobs. Um, <laughs> but here it's like, you know, well, I need this information. Like I've got to gotta go do that. Um, another thing that, that I do a lot of, and you and I have talked about this before, is meeting people, right? So I'm, you know, I'm meeting founders, I'm meeting investors, I'm meeting operators. And I'm trying to do I'm trying to do that ideally every single day, but 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 really I'm trying to meet one new person a week. That was a goal that I kind of you know that I made for myself. Um, you know, basically like the second my second week full time at Generator, June 2019. Um, I was like, wow, you can learn almost anything, but meeting people and building a network that's really where I should be, you know, devoting a lot of time, right? So it's so, so it, what you know is important, but who you know is almost more important because those are the people who are going to send you deals or those are the people when you're thinking, wow, we're leading a series A, we're getting a board seat and we're getting an, an independent seat as well. Yeah. I want to help fill that seat. Right. And 
you know, if you've been out there, if you've been meeting people, you're just, you're a better resource for your firm and for your company. So, um, so I do a lot of that. I do, I do a lot of meeting people. Um, I also, and this has happened kind of just, just kind of during COVID. I also, um, have really spent a lot more time working with our portfolio companies, which has been an absolute joy. Um, because, (laughs) you know, being part of that software come, uh, you know, the software uh, firm that I was at for three and a half years, you know, I know a thing or two about account management, about Salesforce, and being an investor, I know a few, uh, you know, a couple of things now about, you know, finance and hiring and firing people, et cetera, and raising money. And so it's been really fun to not only attend board meetings, but also advise our, you know, founders, some of whom have sold companies and are successful and they're listening to me and they're coming to me for advice. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much advice I can offer you because I have a couple <laughs> questions for you, but this is what I think about that. So, um, yeah, so, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's also, you know, it's, it's, um, a lot of that too. So, um, you know, and then, and then at the end of it, you know, just, you know, just basic stuff because there's four people in our firm, three partners and me, um, I'm, you know, building our website and maintaining that. And, you know, I'm doing our letters to our, um, to our investors, right? So every single, you know, every single quarter going out and getting updates from our companies and writing a letter and editing that, and then working with our partners to kind of finalize it, sending it out, right? Like, so just all the front office stuff and all the back office stuff, it's all me. <laughs> so you do a couple of things is what you're saying, Daniel. I do, I do a few things. <laughs> the world of a VC. And actually, uh, just talking to Brett Munster at Sweet Ventures, mentioning similar things of like the number of different things uh, he's working on on day to day, which is kind of insane. Uh, but it keeps it interesting as well, he was mentioning. So uh, it's kind of fascinating to hear that. And where can people learn, go to learn more about Generator Ventures and connect with you as well, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our website is generatorvc.com. Um, I'm happy to hear from any and all of you out there listening. Um, my email is dkaplan, that's K-A-P-L-A-N, at generatorvc.com. Um, so there's that. Um, and you can also go check out um, Aging 2.0, which I believe... Let me just double check. It's got to be <laughs> aging2.0.com. I hope it is. Um, aging2.com. Let's see. Yeah. Aging2, the number two.com. You can learn a lot more about them there. Um, and um, yeah, I'm kind of active on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, connect with me. I'm happy to talk. Awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today, man. Thanks for having me, man. Had a blast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you justgrowgrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.